How many times have I been asked to pray for others? Football games. There's a challenge for a pastor. <laughs> what do you pray? Crush the other team. <laughs> uh, no, you, we usually go pretty bland when we're praying at football games. It's like, uh, uh, keep them from injury, and uh, let's have good sportsmanship, and you know, safe travels as we go back home, and we kind of wimp out, you know, on those prayers. And I, I've been asked to pray for a lot of different situations. Rodeos, those are, those are more fun. Tra- yeah. Tractor pool, no, no fooling. You usually get free tickets when you get to go into these things. Uh, let's see, uh, start of a little league baseball season and all of the teams gathered there on the field. Um, the promotion of uh, one of my church members to be a general in the Army Reserve, uh, looking at this Memorial Day weekend. Prayers in people's homes, uh, prayers at business places, so many prayers in hospitals, standing there at the bedside with that person that is dressed in that gown, and, you know, they've taken away your clothes and your jewelry and any movable parts in your mouth, uh, you know, bridges and things, and your, you know. And here's what people say to me more than any other line. They say, offer a little prayer, preacher. Would you say a little prayer? And I forget, and, and you forget, that there's no such thing as a little prayer. <laughs> when we pray in Jesus' name, we pray with his power, with his presence, with his authority, and there's no such thing as a little prayer anymore. When we pray in Jesus' name, we remember that Jesus is praying for us and with us. He's our first intercessor, that big word that Megan can't say, uh, that he is carrying all of our prayers with us. When we don't have a prayer, there is one who is praying for us, Jesus the Christ. This chapter 17, uh, you pick up the commentaries and it says this is the high priestly prayer of Jesus. So uh, Jesus is acting like his Jewish tradition where there was a a high priest in, in the Jewish faith. And once a year, the high priest would go into the tabernacle when that was the place of worship in the wilderness or the temple later in Jerusalem. Just once a year would go into the Holy of Holies and offer a sacrifice, and would pray for himself and for his family and for the whole community of faith, and offer this sacrifice so that things could be made right with God all over again. And Jesus is going in that role as the high priest. And so in this prayer, if you notice, Jesus prays for himself. It's okay to pray for yourself, right? And his prayer is that the glory that is of the Father, he will give back to the Father, that Father and Son will be both glorified here. And then he prays for his closest friends. He prays for those disciples that are with him. But then he has a third level of prayer here. He prays for any who will ever believe in him at any time, ever. Us. He's praying for us. 
The United Methodist Church had an ad campaign uh, many years ago, and it, was, it went something like this, where those who don't have a prayer have one. Boy, I like that. <laughs> and that, that is who we are. We are the community for whom Jesus prays. Intercession is that big word, that, again, that Megan has a hard time saying, but it simply means that uh, Jesus is carrying our prayers with us. We join with Jesus in his praying for us. So I've, I've been cleaning out my office. Y'all know I'm retiring in four weeks. I'm not try- just trying to remind you of this because, all right, just helping you be prepared. So I'm throwing away lots of stuff. Why did I ever keep that? You know, those notes from college. Why did I never looked at those again? Uh, there's some stuff that I am keeping. Uh, but I was going through all of this pile of things in my bookcases, and here's a workbook of intercessory prayer by Maxie Dunham. This is from the mid 1980s that I did with the church, First United Methodist Church in San Saba. Texas when I was a pastor out there. So on page 55, the the title of this week's lesson was Overcoming Some Hurdles. And it was talking about praying for hopeless situations. So just hold this for a moment. What are some hopeless situations? For those who don't have a prayer, what, you know? This is from the mid-1980s. Name the experience. I'm a genes recovery from cancer. Lieutenant Goodman, freed from Lebanon. I don't even remember all of these situations. Ferdinand Marcos, Marcos, ousted from the Philippines, dictator. Baby Doc, ousted from Haiti. Carl Munn's recovery, Ted Hall's recovery. A guy, I'm not going to say his name, I just gave his initials. B.C. is a new person. His wife, Martha's confident. When we don't have a prayer, we have one <laughs> with, with, with Jesus. There is no such thing as a hopeless situation when we pray. And our prayers are not narrow and limited. I know there's some language I have a little bit of struggle with, Jesus saying, I'm not praying for the world, I'm just praying for these. But then if you, again, read on further, he's praying for any who will ever believe in him. Read the rest of the gospel story No one is beyond his reach, his touch, his invitation. Um, Did you notice we're going to have a baptism again here? Did you see this? The baptismal font's out. There's water in the picture. I have my shells on the table. So at the 1115 service, there's a guy named Steve Rodebush who's going to be baptized. Steve is older than I am. Just a little bit of his story. Uh, Growing up, he didn't have a lot of exposure to the Christian faith. Uh, His family was in the military. He had just brief acquaintance with base chapels and moving all over the place. And then when his parents moved way overseas, he was with his grandparents. But he told me, and he allowed me to share with you today, he always felt something, (laughs) someone guiding him inviting him, wooing him. We Methodists call that prevenient grace, the grace that is seeking us out, the love of God that is there to prevent us from moving so far away we can't respond to God. The love that goes before us, pre-us, 
before we even understand that we're loved. And Steve says, he said, before you leave, I want to be baptized. My my funny line is, I should leave more often. (laughs) I've I've had so many people come out of the woodwork, and I want, you know, I want to, you know, Pastor Lynn, will you baptize me? And just, you know, if I could have left more often, this would have been so good. But uh, (laughs) Steve says, I want to make my witness of faith that, you know, that I believe in this, this Jesus and that it's, it's he who's been seeking me my whole life long. Um, I want to name that name. What I want to say to you about, for those who don't have a prayer, I believe that Jesus was praying for Steve his whole life long, and that his family members and friends are praying for him, and this is the culmination of all of those prayers today, him witnessing to his faith in baptism this day. Jesus is praying. Today, for whom do you pray? At the close of this message, we're going to have a pause, and I'm just going to ask, who's Jesus placed on your heart? For whom is Jesus praying already that you can join him with? Family? I love this with the blanket here. Family, friends, neighbors. Enemies, there's a hard one for me. I've been doing a lot of reading about intercessory prayer this past week, and there's one great saint who said he always began with enemies. That was the first thing. Maybe you don't call them enemies. People you disagree with, people you have a problem with, people you don't like being around. Those people I simply hold up before God, and I listen for what Jesus is praying for them because his prayers are so much better than mine. And maybe he starts shaping my prayers around his um, what are those hopeless situations? Hopeless people. Those would be good prayers today. I've been your pastor for 10 years, and not every Wednesday, but almost every Wednesday at 1 o'clock, I've been right beyond that rock wall as we've had this group, this uh, circle of prayer. I wanted to have some integrity when I would say to you, I'm praying for you, that I actually did pray for you. And you have that blue prayer sheet in in your worship bulletin, and that's that's just a starter for that group. Here's here's what the prayers look like on Wednesdays. They're they're two pages front and back, um, names and situations that we lift up in prayer You know, I don't regret a single moment I've spent over the last 10 years in that room. Uh, How many hundreds of hours uh, praying for you? I have a great quote from Richard Foster in his book on prayer. He says, intercession is a way of loving others. I want you to know I love you. (laughs) I have prayed for you. And um, that's what we do. We pray for those who don't have a prayer. So, I'm going to take a moment here uh, with you, and who's on your heart this day? And uh, if, if you don't have one, <laughs> take this blue prayer sheet and uh, find one. You have one? You, yeah. Anna? Yeah. 
Yeah, good. Thank you. So in a moment, we're going to lift those up. I don't mind you taking out your phones and texting that person either. That's how we sometimes show prayers these days. Um, You may want to be in silence. You may be the one that says, I need prayer. (laughs) I think that's okay too. Uh, Just allow some time, and I'll say amen to kind of bring this to a close. We, We go to God this day. Amen. So when we pray in Jesus' name, there's no such thing as a little prayer. (laughs) That's the good news I have to share with you this day. Amen.